Podcast with me, Phil, and me, Paul. And on this week's show, we return once again to the world of the Target novelisation. And this time, we have chosen a second Doctor story, and it is the Ice Warriors. But first, let's have a little bit of news. And as usual, as it seems to be in recent weeks, it is a little bit of news, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yes, it's another quiet week on the news front. Okay, so let's start off now. As we uh, put out last week's podcast another news item popped up as it usually does after we uh, put out an episode and i'm quite pleased about this the five-ish doctors uh, reboot is to get a dvd outing yeah not sure if it's actually going to get is it, is it going to get its own or is it going to be well this an is the, extra on something this is the thing because it says um colin baker revealed it at the doctor appreciation society convention uh, which obviously must have been last weekend and it was, it was the Myth Makers Convention, I think it was called. So yeah. um, he said it would appear on an, on a, an unscheduled special set featuring Matt Smith. So this is the only thing that sort of concerns me, because he said no other details of what this overall set will comprise of, um, but he said it's likely to be released both on DVD and Blu-ray later this year. But do we really have to buy Matt Smith stuff again to get this? Yeah, it does seem a bit... I suppose there's a question of what else do you put it on, though, isn't there? Well, that, that, I mean, it's, it's been, true, it's it should, true, yeah. It yeah, should have yeah. been on the 50th anniversary it should have been. episode DVD. Yeah, I, I'm quite surprised it wasn't, to, to be absolutely fair. And there's absolutely no reason why. It and it's the, it's the reason why I haven't bought uh, Matt Smith's final episode yet, because it's on like a box set of other Matt Smith episodes that I've already got. I think it's the, it, other, I think, the Christmas ones. It's other Christmas ones, isn't it? So, I'm, yeah, you, you really want We Don't and the Wardrobe, wardrobe again. again don't, yeah, <laughs> so I really am... Because that would that'd be up like three times in my collection now. That bloody <laughs> thing sat there. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't want to buy that again. I, I just think now they're, they're just really sort of milking that cash cow, aren't they? Yeah, I, but there's always been this sort of thing, hasn't there? I mean, we were talking about it the other day and about the today weren't we earlier about the fact that we're starting to double up now on stuff we've already got on dvd because of special editions and box sets and whatever yeah exactly um and as they're sort of running out of new new i say new but you know new classic who to put out on dvd uh you know it, it, it i think it's going to become more and more commonplace yeah which and is the a, special edition isn't it everything going to eventually be a special come out as a special edition it will be. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, they can't put a lot of them or any of them onto Blu-ray, no. the classic stuff, because it's not it's not the right format. Uh, the only one they have been able to do that with is is Spirit from Space. And I think that's like the fourth time I bought that bloody thing now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, because I, I, I mean, Spirit from Space is a great story, and I think just to have some classic Who on Blu-ray, a nice crystal yeah. clear picture, I think you know, it's it's you know, that, that's fine, but. Um, but as you say, at least that was something you felt different and yes, whatever, other than just getting the <laughs> extras. That's right, that's right. So, anyway, so when, when we find out exactly what this mysterious um, special set will be, we shall, uh, we shall report it to you. Now, um, some Series 8 news. Now, um, 
not really sort of any news about the filming of Series 8 as such. Um, it's been announced that Fox Germany are going to simulcast Series 8 with BBC One uh, when the new series starts in August. Now, do you think, Paul, this is going to be the shape of things to come now with Doctor Who? Um, it certainly... Well, I mean, to be honest, you, you can see why the BBC would like to do it. And you can see why other countries would like to do it, mm. because if there is a, a demand for it... yeah then any delay in their showing it, people nowadays will have found another way to have seen it. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I'm sort of quite interested in this, actually, because I think it would... I, I think it would, it would stop the whole spoiling of the enjoyment for people. I mean, you know, it, I mean, it's kind of... I think it's kind of ridiculous that when a new series starts, people have got to avoid Twitter and Facebook so they don't get anything spoilt for them. Um, and it is a shame that people can't just hold back a little bit until everybody has sort of watched it. So, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we, we'd probably say that about stuff that's been shown in America first, but are quite happy to tweet about Doctor Who when we get it first. So, well, I, so I, I suppose, you know, I don't know whether... I'm not so sure, because I, I don't think... I mean, nobody really tweeted about that that special uh, trailer that they got at the comic San Diego Comic Con last year. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily talking about that, but let's say when the new Series 8 comes back... Uh, how many people, if it's shown in Britain first, will resist tweeting until it's been shown in America? Well, see, I, I don't know what happens with things like The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, where these things are shown in the States first and we get, we're get we like a, a week or a couple of weeks behind. So I don't watch either of those shows, so I don't know. And I know they've got sort of like um, as equally... Uh, equally, sorry, uh, rabid fan bases as Doctor Who has. So yeah. I don't know if if the similar sort of thing happens there, where people have to avoid Twitter and Facebook and any other social media sites t- to avoid it being spot for them. I suspect that's so. Yeah, I've got absolutely no idea. So you know, as I say, is this the shape of things to come now? Yeah, I mean, that's the point. I mean, it's it's just a whole lot. A lot of communication is so much more immediate, isn't it? Mm. So. Maybe television and broadcasting will have to become that way. I mean, it's, it's yeah. going to be up to different individual countries, aren't it? As to whether they feel they can get more viewers by showing it at the same time or not, and whether it's worth them messing their schedules to do so. Yeah, it could be. It could. Be. I think it's quite interesting the way the way things are going there with uh, with the, the, the scheduling of this show. But uh, now actually. Um, it's one thing. It's I just remembered this. Actually, it's not actually part of our news item list. Um, but there's been a few articles recently on various um, various sites. Well, there's one on Den of Geek and there's another one on uh, What Culture. Um, basically, sort of like the, the similar along the similar vein, sort of like saying should Doctor Who be given a rest? Because and one of the articles was quite critical, saying oh it's running out of steam now, and they're sort of you know saying you know it, it's the, it's the point of saturation. I think they should rest it for a couple of years and then then revisit in just doing specials and. Um, and I was sort of, I was sort of kind of sprung this one on you, but what, what's, what's your your take on that? Because I think that's um, rubbish, actually. Uh, yeah, I, well, from our point of view, is yeah, let's give it a rest for a couple of years, and we will just do the news for a couple of years without any episodes <laughs> going out whatsoever. Well, exactly, it would completely bugger us up, wouldn't it? <laughs> completely. <laughs> But you I, surely I, weren't talking about us taking a couple of years rest because <laughs> <laughs> we're starting to sound the same. <laughs> well, do you know what? I, I think it, I think it's absolute rubbish. I, I think there is no 
case for it to be given a rest because I think the last last couple of years we haven't had a full series, have we? They've no. um, and I think people, I think I think it was the What Culture um, article said that making it a thirteen episode run is a mistake because they, they've they've reckoned that the splitting the series into two. Now I kind of see where they're coming from this because I think it was um, it was like the the budget seemed to be spread more evenly. So you you did have like mini movies each week. Well, they reckon if you go back to sort of like um, where you where you like previous series where you had like a full run of episodes, a full thirteen episode run, you had to have stories there which were cheaper, and they they always say that they're the less fondly remembered stories. And now I I disagree with that because you have got things like Midnight, which was utterly fantastic. Yeah, I mean, to you know, be honest, in some ways, some of the writing for those episodes has to be better. Yeah. Now, because no pe- they can't rely on the, the Exactly. Visions. Now, people always sort of latch on to, uh, as, as the, you know, the, the, the argument for, for giving it a rest because, because of the cheap episodes is, is, is stories like Fear Her and um, the other one, which I forgot one with Peter Kay in. So, um, Love and Monsters. Love and Monsters, that's it, thank you. I, but that was a long time ago. And I think they sort of learnt their lesson from that. To be <laughs> it still burns. It still hits. It still hurts. <laughs> and we can be revisiting them as part of our series two retrospective. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago, somewhere in the future for us. <laughs> it is. Yes. Oh dear, I didn't plan that out very well, did I? <laughs> No, 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 you've given me flashbacks. <laughs> Cold sweats now until we get to those episodes. <laughs> No, I, I, I just thought it, I just thought it was rather a, a peculiar couple of articles to to come out with, and I know they're just sort of playing devil's advocate and and sort of you know trying to. And then part of you thinks, is this someone at the BBC trying to generate, see what interest there is in them giving it a rest? Yeah, I know. Well, actually, there, there was the other thing that came. But they can as... then turn around and give it uh, and axe it for a couple of years and say, "Well, did oh, you, no, this um... is what people wanted." Well, did you did you hear about the other thing? I think it's been coming on on a couple of other podcasts that the um, the BBC seriously considered cancelling Doctor Who when RTD and David Tennant left. Yeah, wasn't that uh, Stephen Moffat that said? Yeah, said that. Yeah, I can't remember who, who where I heard it or, or or read it now, but um, yeah, that just goes to show how much they thought it was the David Tennant and RTD show. You know, it was. Um, and again, I don't know if it was it was the BBC still not understanding the show and the fan base that it's now got. I did slightly wonder on that though, wasn't that a bit Stephen Moffat saying, and I proved them wrong. Well, yeah, he, he does like to generate his own press, doesn't he? And I must admit, with, part with, of me with, did with, sort of look at that and with his come to bed eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he sweet talked them into continuing. He did, yeah. Now the BBC, you know you can't let this die. Now come back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it where it is and come back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, we've now made um made. <laughs> Stephen... I'm talking about those cold sweats. <laughs> oh no, I'm shuddering now. It's like I've just been bitten by a rabid monkey, and I've just got the shivers and shakes. <laughs> <laughs> what you get up to in your own bed is a cool shit. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's my pet name for Stephen Moffat. But anyway, let's let's move on. <laughs> my little rabid monkey. <laughs> I 
I'm not really sure who I want to. No, let's just stop right there, shall we? So, uh, right, okay, yeah. Now onto sort of like a, a, a proper news item that we actually had lined up, um, and it's the final news item as well. Actually, um, now apparently the official Doctor Who walking tours are going to return uh, to Cardiff. Uh, it's run by the Doctor Who Experience, and apparently it starts um, from Saturday the fourteenth of June. And it runs up until Sunday, the 20th of July. That's not how long the tour lasts, <laughs> by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> Your things are going to be sore at the end of that. They are, aren't they? And uh, apparently the tours operate every Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So, um, so look, that, that's how it's going to be how it's gonna be running. Now, I didn't realise that the, the tours were created by Gary Russell. Actually, I had actually no idea. Um, it takes roughly an hour, um, an hour um, to visit 31 locations. For the show now, we actually had an impromptu uh, tour, didn't we? Uh, courtesy yes. of him, uh, the the people at uh, Impossible Podcasts yes. uh, a couple of years ago. So um, yeah, we we got it for free, folks. <laughs> Just to rub your noses in it, and we got a, we got a couple of beers at the end of it as well, didn't we? So, yeah, so um, yes, yeah, so apparently it takes in place where um, you see where the Weeping Angels watch uh, Sally Sparrow in the police station in Blink, uh, the American Diner where we've been. Actually, we've we've sat in an American diner wherever Song Amy and, the, and Rory met the Doctor and the Impossible Astronaut. And just uh, sat there and just watched everybody you want to recreate. Recreate that bit with the Doctor coming out with the straw in his mouth, yes. Yeah. I think the owner was getting so fed up with that, wasn't he? He sort of, you know, I'm, oh, I'm no, going to start I, I, charging I, I, no, people. No, 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 I suspect, I suspect that that's increased their turnover somewhat. Yeah, what about if somebody actually wanted to go to the toilet? <laughs> and there's someone that actually stayed, excuse me, I'm a Doctor Who fan, just want to be photographed. You please get out of the way I'm busting. Here's a straw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, apparently tickets um, for these tours will go on sale at 12pm on Wednesday, the 11th of June. Okay, so if you want that, head on over to the uh, official Doctor Who Experience website. Okay. Right, that's it for the news. There was not a lot going on this week. As we, as we said, it is very little news to report on. So, uh, there's no Omega Stack Corner either. We could, it couldn't even find any tack, could we, to pad it out? It's, it's, it's just, a, just a sad day for news. And it tech. is very, very sad, actually. Very, very sad indeed. So, um, let's quickly move on by saying, for another week then, that was the news. Okay, everybody, it's time to kick off our review of the target novelisation of the Ice Warriors. Um, as usual, um, if you haven't seen this story, because obviously it's literally not been long released on DVD, so if you haven't seen it yet, we will be talking about a lot of the plot points, so this may contain spoilers for some of you out there. Okay, so uh, it is your turn to kick this review off, Paul. Yes, thank Yes, you. yes, that was a back-only compliment. Uh, thank you, wasn't it? Uh, so, what, what did you think? I actually enjoyed this. I enjoyed the book a lot, actually. Mm. I found myself whizzing through the book. And getting quite into it. More, I have to say, than I did the episode. Now, do you think this is because some, most of, or a couple of episodes were animated? I did wonder that at first. Um, and because they're both episodes are back-to-back. Yeah. Um, which you didn't get in Invasion. At least they were spread out a bit, the two mm. episodes. Yeah. I did think that at first. Um, I'm not so sure if it is or not. What I do think, actually... Hmm is why I like the book so much more is that I think actually Clint was much better in the book than he was on the screen. 
Yeah, now everybody sort of praises Peter Barkworth's portrayal of Clint, and I thought he overacted in quite a few. Yeah. Uh, And what I think most of all is that we said about spoilers is the fact in the book he comes across as such in control, knows what he's doing. In the opening bit, he takes over from Garrett to bring the ionizer back a bit into control Mm. because he knows what he's doing. On the TV, he's almost getting towards Captain Mannering standards of leadership. He is now. Now, this was um, the novelizations written by Brian Hales, who also wrote the, the TV script as well. Yeah. And this Target book was released in 1976. Okay, so and obviously a lot of time had passed, and nobody had seen these episodes, had they? They've been repeated since they were first aired. So um, maybe in Brian Hales' mind, he'd forgotten because he didn't. Um, the character of Clint seemed to be completely different. Or. It is just how much how the director wanted it. It could have been absolutely because I mean, Clint in the in the serial the TV serial, um, he's he sort of walks with a limp and a cane. Yeah, that's never once mentioned in the book no. at all, is it? No. Now I know. He, no, he, so... he, I can say he yeah. has changed a lot of the characters in it because you've got the character of um, Store. Now in the in the in the um, novelization, well, he's the, the he's the tall one, and Penley's the short one. Exactly, he's a big like strapping. What you he's like the hunter. Yeah. So it's quite a stereotypical vision of a hunter, isn't it? He's like a big burly guy covered in animal skins. You know, you you sort of man you could see braving the elements. You know, but in yeah. but in the TV um, TV serial, obviously it's a very small Scottish guy. Yes. Um, Angus Lenny, who plays him. So um, now the thing is, I actually prefer Angus Lenny. Um. I, I prefer the fact they've made it, it, it the TV uh, version. He's a, he's a like a tiny, not tiny, but a small guy who's managed to survive. It's, it's not it's not your vision of the big strapping hunter, is it? No, I just no, I don't know because I, I, I do think Angus Lenny overacts as well. Oh, he does. Oh, he does. Well and truly overacts, especially the bit um, when he tries to convince the ice rolls, "I can help you." Um, yeah, but yeah, but which I, is I, a much more. You know, you've sort of got a in the book. It becomes comes across much more of a man that's slightly been driven mad by yeah what's happened to his world. Yeah, um, on the screen, he's. A slightly more comic figure, which doesn't quite sit then well with. Uh, I don't know if he was more comic or, or, or not, but I, I, again, you're, I think you you just get, can't get past his height, can you? <laughs> I was his heightest. Yeah, heightest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I, I just prefer. I just prefer the thing they sort of twi- they sort of twisted, or or, or or turned that sort of character on its head a little bit. Because I thought in in the novelization of the, of the character store was, how can I put it? It was, it was what you would expect it to be. Yeah. Right, whereas I think the TV uh, version, he, the the look of the character wasn't what you expected him to be. If you think of in the context of what he was supposed to be, it was like the, the it was was the hunter lived off yeah. the land, and I, I think Angus the way Angus Lenny looked in that, as you say, yes, he did overact, but the way he looked, I think it was sort of like a. You could sort of like you know see he, he really did have to battle against the elements to like he, he was a real survivor rather than sort of like like he was born to do it like he he sort of his appearance sort of puts across to me anyway in the book. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm not really necessarily going to argue on that one because it's not. 
um, that wasn't one of the characters overly that bothered me. Like I say, it was really was Krentz and the fact of just how the he becomes he's he's not really in control at all at any stage in the TV episode. Where in the book, he just does he is running. You could see that there are people there that are following him. Yeah, you can see why Penley's had the argument with him. Yeah, yeah, and also then in the book, same spoilers. Um, his complete failure at the end mm. to make a decision is then is is so much more because of how he's how in command he's been during the rest of the book. Whereas actually, by the time it gets to that stage in the TV sit the episode, he's pretty much well. This is how he's been all the way through. Yeah, it's um. I mean, there's, there's no there's no change of. Uh, no, uh, you you do you too. do get um, um more of a sense that he come the end of of you know the, the situation in the book, he has basically run out of he's uh, he's beaten, isn't he? And yeah. that's when Penley steps in and, and takes control and and you know basically saves the day. Yeah. So um and it seems a lot more convincing in the book as well. Yeah. Now obviously in the book they they've got more time to uh sort of give more of a description. Of what's going on in the characters' minds and their inner thoughts and everything, which you can't do on a on a TV um, serial. So I think that that helped that character a lot more in the book. And as I said, Peter Bartworth did overact quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, especially the bit at the end when he thought um, Jamie and Penley were attacking him. And yeah. he, he, I mean, he really went. I mean, that whole scene in, in the TV serial, I, I thought I'd nearly burst out laughing because it was really was over the top. But in the book, it was just sort of. Um, it was it was like an arrogance more on Clint on Clint's on Clint's part because it was sort of it was almost like take your hand off me that sort of thing wasn't it and guard shoot him yeah it was more like that so whereas in the in the TV show he was like screaming and waving his arms about because someone placed their hand on him you know it was he went a bit I don't know I can't describe what it was like really I just can't I can't really compare it to anything it was just peculiar it was really peculiar but. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the the book certainly did the drama better than the yeah the series. The, the my only thing, and it, this is my own um, personal issue, really, is every time I read any of uh, Penley's lines, obviously in I now know that Peter Salis played that line. I I read it in my mind in the voice of Wallace. <laughs> See, this is the problem of watching the program before you read the book. <laughs> exactly. So every time so he said a line, a sort of like a boy, just sort of like sort of like what to think, a grommet. Every <laughs> just substitute any any of the characters' names with grommet and and did it in in his Wallace voice, and it, it worked. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> now, of course, there, there was um, another. I don't know if you spotted this one um, as well. In the TV serial, you've got that whole the whole thing before uh, Varga. Um, Sort of is reanimated or or, or is defrosted, I should say, um, from the ice. You've got that conversation between Jamie and Victoria. What about her clothes? About the clothes, and that what is the co- lassies are wearing. What the last? Yeah, exactly. And you sort of like. Jamie- yeah, no, yeah. Oh, there, there was bits in this that you think are straight that have come straight from Fraser Hines and Patrick Troughton. Oh God, yeah. Absolutely nothing to do with. Writers, directors, or anything? No, no, and, and that's sort of like listening to uh, Fraser Hines in interviews, and also seeing him on stage as well. Yeah, um, at the BFI last year, he he has got a thing. He, well, he 
I think he's sort of um, he's got an eye for the ladies, isn't he? Yeah, you almost got the feeling that was that was an on-air plea from Fraser Hines to get Deborah Watling in something more revealing. I think, yeah, it does come across like because in the book that is completely rejected, isn't it? Yeah, that is not in there at all. Um, it's not there at all. I mean, that's actually one of the things that comes across in the book that's much better in the book is the outfits. Yes, which really aren't spoken about. At yeah, all. exactly. Um, but I, even though I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Fraser Hines that Wendy Gifford. Um, in the TV series, she did look good in that outfit. I'm sorry, it's it's, it's oh, a oh. really um, <laughs> a really terrible sexist thing of me for me to say, but she did. So credit where credit is due. I'm going to say. And now what's happening on, on podcasts? That when you meet him in person, Phil goes on about having a knife. <laughs> <I believe. laughs> yes, feel free to harangue me when you see me because I, I feel ashamed for, for having said that. But there you go. Yeah, so I I think. Victoria, do you think Victoria comes across better in the book as well? Because she's not one of my favourite companions. She's like the epitome of the 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 screaming, fainting companion, isn't she? And I know yes. she's come from sort of Victorian England, where she's had quite a sheltered upbringing. But I don't know; it, it, it tends to grate on me quite a bit. She's she's more quietly determined in the book than she is on screen. Yeah, definitely. Despite what's happening, she's actually. Holding herself together, was it? In the, in Certainly the, doesn't come off, come across on the screen. No, if at any moment now she's kind of going to faint again or scream again, and yeah, um, yeah, I think it. She definitely comes off better in the book. And I actually thought um, Jamie in the book was quite underused. Yeah, underused. I think, and obviously it's, it's exactly the same as it was in the TV um, serial. And I think it's probably because of more of what Fraser Hines brought to the role. Yeah. More than anything else, because he does seem quite sort of subdued in the book to me. Do, do you know what I mean? He just he didn't. He wasn't quite. Yeah, as, there's um, not. It's definitely a Doctor and Victoria. Story, yeah, definitely. It? Yeah. Um, whereas I think the second Doctor in the, in this book, I thought Brian Howes wrote him fantastically. I really, yeah. enjo- I really enjoyed um, his writing of the second Doctor. It just seemed to, um, it just seemed to capture uh, Patrick Troughton. Yeah, totally agree with that. You've got, you've got the feeling of the... Well, actually, what more comes across is you do get the feeling of the genius there. Yeah. More than the sort of clown, such as, as you sometimes get with a lot of the Second Doctor stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I thought Yeah, I thought it, it was really, really good, um, to be honest. Um, and the Ice Warriors... Now, I, I was... Um, I was in sort of two minds about them in the book to be honest, because they didn't really... They, they sort of made Varga a little bit more um, animated than he was in the TV serial. Even in the animation. Even in the animation. Even the animation. Well done, <laughs> sir. Um, no, do you know what I mean? It just sort of... The dialogue was a, a bit more animated than what Bernard Breslau had. Yeah, there, there wasn't actually masses of description of the Ice Warrior. You didn't really get a lot of... The, f- the feeling of the, the danger from them. It was more about their weapons than themselves, wasn't it? It was really. Um, but one thing I, I did find interesting, which wasn't in the... Well, I can remember anyway, wasn't in the TV series, was the the sort of... Not distress signal that they gave out, but when they sort of tried to make contact with one another, you've got the, the, the glow in the chest, which always they used in um, Cold War. Yeah. I mean, you saw quite a lot of 
you see, in Cold War, you saw quite a lot of bits of this story, didn't you? Reused. You did, but I think more what was used in the, in the novelization of the Ice yeah. Warriors than what was actually used on screen. Because obviously back back then they obviously couldn't do like a, a, a light in the in the chest, could they? So uh, watching the documentary um, about the making of the Ice Warriors, it didn't sound the most comfortable of um, costumes to be bolted into. No, you can imagine actually when you, whenever you've seen them. <laughs> In the Troughton years, that they didn't look the most comfortable. No, they they really, really didn't, did they? Um, one thing I, I did like. I mean, the, the, the problem actually I had with the book was because you don't get huge amounts of description of the Ice Warriors. Mm. It's easy to forget that they're not human. Uh, there yeah, wasn't, yeah. There was no, there was these long that. speeches that were you know not didn't necessarily relate to anything that could have been that seemed to be particularly to an ice warrior rather than yeah well i must i must admit when i mean watching i actually cuz when i sort of watched the ice warriors in in sort of tandem with reading the book um it's the first time i've watched it since getting the dvd and i've got to be honest i didn't understand a lot of what the ice warriors were saying so i mean i mean the the dialogue could have been completely different in the book to be perfectly honest, I, I didn't understand a lot of what Bernard Breslau was saying, and according to the documentary, it was his idea to do it in that that sort of very you know, that hissing voice. Yeah. Um, so you know, you got him to you know to thank for that, but I couldn't really understand a lot of what he was talking about. No, I didn't mind that, but because at least it did make he did, you did get a feeling of it. There seemed to be a lot more. Men- he actually quite <laughs> considering how you can how we probably consider Bernard Breslau. Was quite a reasonably menacing. Oh, you was, yeah, it. yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't disagree with that at all. I mean, and I think that works better on TV than it did in the book. I yeah, just, just didn't quite feel that perhaps they were come across as alien enough in the book. No, I don't think they did really, did they? Um, I think the one thing they the the book did address, uh, which the TV series was was never able to do, is why the Ice Warriors look different to one another. Because you always you had the the original costume ones with the big heads, yeah. And then they said by the time Bernard Breslau arrived on set, they redesigned the helmet, and he got this nice smaller, snugger helmet which looked better. So, but in the um, in the book, he sort of he, he sort of goes and describes these other ice warriors as not as how, how did he put it? He sort of not not quite as developed, didn't he? He said they they didn't look as quite as oh, I'm trying to think of the exact wording. But he did sort of try and address the fact why they didn't look the same. Yeah. Which I thought he didn't have to. He could have made them all look the same, couldn't he? Yeah. No, no one had seen this since, what, 1967 or whenever, whenever the hell it was uh, it was broadcast. So everyone you know, probably would have forgotten about it. But, um, but yeah, he, he chose to keep that in. I, I think that's quite a quite a brave decision. It was to keep in a, um, a, sort of a, a design fault of the costume. Yeah. And you also get the, the writer with no constrictions on budget... Comes up with air sleds. Yes. <laughs> which, which made me laugh when you see in the TV, having read that, and keep keep the mentioning of air sleds. In air the book. sleds, indeed, yeah. But you then get cuts to the bit where Penley's dragging Jamie <laughs> now in the Now, in the book, and I can't remember, maybe I, I'd sort of... I had the, the, the vision of the, uh, the TV series in my mind when I was reading it, so maybe I'd sort of blanked it from my mind. But did he cut the bear confrontation 
The bear the confrontation book. was never in the book. No, it and wasn't. I suspect, I suspect the reason the bear confrontation was in the episode probably wasn't there in the script. I suspect someone came up and said, we've got this great bit of footage for bear in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want it? Well, no, they actually got a bear, didn't they? On set, but it was a cute little baby bear. <laughs> And it it was the most least menacing thing because they said you had like, you, you had uh, Peter Salis and um, uh, Fraser Hines reacting to this what they saw as this massive bear bearing down on them. When they actually saw the footage, it was it was a cute little <laughs> it was a cute little baby bear. So I, I I don't understand why they chose to use it because it didn't work at all. No, it just didn't work. It, it, it would have been, but if they had got stock footage of a bear, <laughs> what what actually you didn't actually get a lot of in the in the book, which you did on the screen, mm. was the sound of what was the fault that there are wild animals out there. You got the occasional mention early on, I think, about the wolves or whatever. Mm. You did, yeah, but not after that. It, they, that just seemed to be dropped totally in the book and never mentioned again. Which but, actually, I thought, quite made a. A good backdrop to yeah. the story. Yeah, well, you'd expect that, wouldn't you? Yeah, really? you know, you expect sort of wild, you know, wild animals to be to be roaming in, in that in that kind of environment. But uh, one thing, actually, one thing he he did um, sort of expand on is where uh, Penlian store that they're sort of their hideout because it doesn't really go into any any detail in the TV show, does it? About where where this place is, and 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 in the book it goes that that, that was stores. Sort of like greenhouse or conservatory. That was his job. It's plant museum. Plant museum. That was it. That was it. Plant museum. So it was like the remnants of that. And and again, it sort of gave you a bit more of a background into store, didn't it? But it also sort the the book also I think had a a much better background into why the ice age mm. came about and the fact that it was actually not through man polluting the earth. But man's quest to remove all pollutant, yeah, caused it. Yeah, I, I like that idea actually. I it was like some, that. some of the reverse Malcolm Hulk, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Now, actually, another thing um, they changed as well was when uh, what was the security guard's name who gets Walters? Walters. His now, death. His death is completely different, isn't it? And much, much better. I thought much better in the book. Or are you um, going to say you prefer the TV? Well, I, pre- I sort of preferred the TV one, so I didn't mind the fact that he he was beginning to crack up. I didn't mind that, and the fact that he tried to sort of save the day by you know he was he was he'd been stunned, hadn't he, by um, Garrett? And actually, in the book, she's got a first name as well, Jan. Yeah. So I, I like the fact that she did that, and I sort I think in the book they tried to he tried to make the character of Garrett. Not quite so much like um, Clint. Yeah. And in the in the TV series, I thought she was very she was becoming more and more like Clint as the story went on. Yeah. And I I didn't mind that. So the fact that she she shot Walters, I thought yeah that was sort of you could see that's where her character was going uh, in the in the in in the TV series. But in the, um so when he was sort of lying on the floor. And he he's sort of trying to sort of like shoot the ice warriors on, on you know on on the quiet, and they shot him whilst he was on the floor, and basically you got like a quite a good um, sort of shot of his dead face, didn't you? 
It's you wide, did. Eyes wide open. And I think that just made, I think that even more made the Ice Warriors more ruthless than they came across uh, as in the book. I think I think it's it helped the Ice Warriors bit there. But I think in the book was better. Just I, I liked the book a bit better just because from the fact of the Ice Warriors, he's actually not trying to kill them. He's going to shoot the computer, isn't he, in the book? Yeah. And it's the Ice Warriors come in as he's got the gun. Yeah. He, spin, he spins round just to see what's happening behind him. And they think he's turning on them with the gun and shoot him and take that as part of the, the Earthman's treachery. Well, you know, I I think he I think Brian Hales did that because he changed the character of of Garrett because I think she was she was a softer character because yeah because you, know, you had all the because again so with any novelization you get the internal an internal monologue of a character and she was she was sort of flip flopping quite a bit wasn't she one minute she was sort of um, you know we must ask the computer and the next minute she she was having doubts as well. And I think because in the TV series she was completely went the opposite way, didn't she? She was firmly on Clint's side, and maybe now and again she might have had a little few doubts. But come the end of it, she was almost like a a clone of Clint. But in yeah. the book, she was you could she was sort of in her own mind she was questioning things a lot more, a lot questioning things that Clint was doing and saying. So I think he had to change that because she would never have shot Walters. No. Definitely not. No, uh, no, uh, yeah, but, he, but but if he'd wanted to keep that, he could easily have just got Clint to do it because we said Clint was the ruthless leader. Ruthless, yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, on, I mean, no, we 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 picked on a few things there, but I think the book does work really well as a story. And and again, as we've said with all of these target novelizations, it's a very quick read. For and I thought a quick read for a six episode story as well. Yeah, because I was expecting something a lot, a lot, a lot longer. But um, it it does move along at a, at a a good pace, actually. And I and I do prefer the novelization to the TV serial. I, I do, it, and, I, that's, that's, and that's quite unusual to think of that as in without having Patrick Troughton's performance. Yeah, in front of you. Usually, you'd think that would just win most epis, most battles between a book and a series. Is Troughton's acting, yeah, would win it for the series. But no, I think this book really did have its own strong story. I think it did, and I, I, I mean, personally, someone said to me, "Right, okay, you've got a choice. Do you want to read the novelization again of the Ice Warriors, or do you want to watch the um, the TV serial?" And I, I would easily pick the novelization to read again. Yeah, totally. Actually, I really would. I really would. It's. Uh, I mean, it's great that it's been rediscovered. It's great that they've um, animated the missing episodes. But um, I think the story just works better in book form. <laughs> and somewhere out there, if there, if those ever listening to us, the animators are going, "Oh, why do we bother?" <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from what they've done to to bring the story back to us in in, in a in a whole format. Um, yeah, it's just the fact it's the story. Yeah, really, and I think I think this is this is the, the thing with with some of the some of these lost stories when the, whenever they're, they're found, I think people are going to be slightly disappointed when they when they see them again. It's always going to be it's never going to live up to your expectations. Yeah, the the budget of your mind is, is always greater than the exactly. Team. Yeah, it's limitless, isn't it? The budget in mind is limitless. Um, so when you when you see like, you know the creaky sets and. 
and you know in this case the <laughs> Uh, the uh, the massive heads of the, some of the Ice Warriors, uh, as you say, it, it, it never lives up to that expectation. Yeah, and as someone else said, didn't they, um, about this, um, whenever you've read one of these books before, you see the, the actual episodes themselves, that feeling of disappointment you get is the same as the writer had. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, shall we leave that there? Because I think we've yes. sort of ended on a, on, on a, a sort of a high there, so... Um, Basically, it just leads to say we we would recommend this book, wouldn't we? Yes, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Okay, then. So, what's coming up next? Well, next week is our break week. So, we will return week after next. Now, however, last week we said when we return after our break week, we'll be back with a commentary. And as you said, Paul, that was the plan. That was the plan. Yeah, and indeed, that was the plan. Um, because we now can't do that. If you if you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, um, I did put on there. So remember when we said on this week's podcast that we were going to be coming back to you with a commentary? Uh, yeah, well, it's not happening. <laughs> All I can say is I'm sorry, but real life has got in the way. Yes, real life has got in the way, and so we've had to have a bit of a, a bit of a rethink. So um, uh, so we we're going to do something different instead. So we're going to be uh, returning to our series two retrospect the retrospective when, re- when we return. So that will be uh, Tooth and Claw. Yes, I, I believe. So that's what will be coming back to you in. Uh, we just we just can't wait till we get to fear her, can we? We can't. No, we just <laughs> we're, we're we... acting commentaries left, right, and centre. We just want to get through it. this and get to fear her, don't we? So I can tear it a new one. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so that's what's going to be coming up in uh, in two, two weeks. weeks' time. Yes, indeed, indeed. So, uh, and then we'll sort of announce what's happening after that because we're going to be having a bit of a a bit of a quiet period to start July off, unfortunately. Yeah. So, unlike <laughs> we're having at the moment. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Now it will it will be a very quiet period because there'll, there'll be no but there'll be no um, episodes going out for two consecutive weeks. So, uh, but we'll, we'll explain all as we get nearer to the time. Anyway, so. we've, we've gone out there and we've asked people, do they want a break? Do they? <laughs> yeah, and the resounding answer was yes. <laughs> okay, everybody. So let's wrap this up. So for another week, then it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.